Uh, am I loud? Am I quiet? You're super echoey. You sound crazy. Seriously? Am I echoing? I, I think so. I'm trying to figure out how much is you and how much is Jenny. Jenny, are uh, you tumbling around your room like a gymnast? Uh, I was. I just stopped. Okay. Bruno, why don't you say a sentence? Um, let's see. Am I sounding echoey or not? You're definitely sounding echoey. Jenny, you're hearing that, right? Huh. Uh, I'm not. I don't have my speaker very loud. Let's see. Why aren't you wearing Okay, headphones? say something again. I am absolutely wearing headphones. This computer doesn't even have, like, uh, speakers wired to it. Oh, I was talking to Jenny. Uh, yeah. You do sound kind of weird. I think it might actually just be the room. Oh, that... okay. Are you inside of, like, a metal like box because they're studying you to see if you're psychic uh no but like the floor here is tile and it's generally kind of an echoey house huh. it might just be like natural reverb okay okay well uh, uh your dream of sounding like you're on a spaceship has come true <laughs> yeah i mean it's good that you're psychic so you can communicate with people on earth yeah <laughs> Yeah, coming to you from, you know, a metal box traveling far away from the solar system. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast Clash of the Titans, where we're, some of us are in a metal box. I am in a, a prison of the mind. My name's Ryan Veter. Wow. I'm in a normal uh, apartment building. We're, we're not, you're not locked in here with us. We're locked in here with you. Yeah. yeah. That's so mean of him. He should say, <laughs> we're all locked in here together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Who are we locked in with this week, Ryan? Jenny, you didn't... Did you, oh, did you introduce yourself? Oh, I didn't introduce myself. I am Jenny Paladna. We always do this on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. good. Who's our guest from space? Uh, I'm Bruno Gias, and I am speaking to you once again from somewhere in outer space. Mm -hmm. Hi, Bruno. Where it is very cold. Wow. And... Hey, Bruno. Um, dang it, I don't remember I, the words. Would you want to live on the moon? Da 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 da. I did not get that reference. Sorry. Oh. That is a uh, Sesame Street song that uh, oh, oh. Ernie sings. Okay. And it's really sad. Like, oh, wow. it probably isn't in the rotation for uh, people, for say, Jenny's age and younger. Um, because I think it's from really early Sesame Street where they were like, let's just make kids I, cry. I, those classic good good sesame street millennial era songs like i love to twerk <laughs> <laughs> phones are my dad <laughs> let's not fall for buy diamonds you know the, the good stuff mm. mm -hmm. yeah that new avocado to toast character is really killing it <laughs> yeah yeah she is great yeah 
So. Um, yes. We didn't talk ahead of time about what of your games we wanted to play. Thought we might want to choose on air. So I've actually got all of them here arrayed in front of me. Oh my gosh. There's a menu of um, questionable delights. Mm. Uh, so in front of you is a folder. It contains apocalypsehead.gblarb. Okay. That would be, please don't mind my apocalypse head, which came out this year. Uh, it contains notallthings.gblarb, which would be not all things make it across, which was the New Year's celebration game for last year. It contains Terminator Chaser, which was a parser comp entry in late 2015, I think. Um, it contains The World Turned Upside Down, which is the 2015 Christmas game. And it contains When the Land Goes Under the Water, which is a pseudonymous uh, shuffle comp game. Hmm. Mm. Um, okay. Bruno, uh, because this isn't 70 Sesame Street, which of these games will be the least of a downer that will make us cry? Uh, hmm. Okay, so let's 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 try to eliminate stuff. So the world turned upside down and not all things are both kinda inside baseball-y um in jokes. Not 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 haha funny in jokes, but in jokes as in continuity gag jokes. Mm. Other stuff that I have written. Cool. So I don't think it's super appealing to your audience necessarily. Yeah, I hate going inside a baseball. <laughs> it's dark in it's there. So tight. <laughs> Um, Terminate, yeah, Corky, Jesus Christ. Uh, Terminator Chaser is a very unpleasant story of labor relations in space. Oh, okay. Which isn't, which also has a pretty bad puzzle in it. Frankly, a puzzle that's really kind of badly designed. Well, I think labor relations is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never in the office. Uh, when the land goes under the water is definitely very depressing. Okay. It, it's, it's a game that asks the question, what if the apocalypse happened to a civilization that didn't deserve to exist? Oh, wow. So uh, if you want a downer, that's the one. And Apocalypse Head is a comedy game about the conceit of what if you had a second head that you can only see in mirrors, which only spoke doom. I think my vote is for Apocalypse Head. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Apoc Apocalypse Head was like on brand for this podcast. <laughs> but I wanted to, to run through the whole catalog. Well, yeah, or, I admire uh, your. Uh, so your agent must have said, "Hey, when you get on the type yeah, yeah. podcast, make you gotta, sure you you're plug bring the entire up all of this stuff." Yeah, I <laughs> wish <laughs> we had done that with every guest before. Yeah, we well, could get them all like, back. I've written five parser games. You've had some people on that have had like fifty. Yeah, but like, like if we started to go over Ryan's catalog, we would be here all night. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. <laughs> 
let's launch Apocalypse. I wrote this game that wasn't very uh, serious. It was just kind of stupid. And I wrote this game that wasn't very serious. It was just kind of stupid. And I wrote this game that dealt with an important issue. And then I threw it in the garbage. (laughs) I'm sorry. My joke about labor relations being a bad idea was Mm -hmm. supposed to be a pun on other meanings of labor and relations. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught that. Jenny, did you catch that? Um, yeah, I got that it was a joke. Because I said it in that, like, joke cadence? Yes, and also because it doesn't make any sense as a true statement. Mm, mm. Yeah. I, mm. I thought maybe it was absurdism? No, it was... No, it was, no, it was definitely sex comedy. Yeah. Okay. Kind of off-brand. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, honestly. That is not yeah. the Ryan Vader brand. This is more me than you. I should have said, I shouldn't have said anything. So we were going to launch Apocalypse Head. Yeah, I I have already started it up. Here it is. Oh, labor relations. Right, like relations as in. Oh, during, oh, that's Mm. a very bad idea. No, yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm caught up now. We can play your game. I think I only half got that joke. Like I got the relations part, but not the labor part. But anyway. Don't mind my apocalypse head. So it's 7.32 p.m. That's that's the status bar. I'm not going to read the status bar every turn. But I just want to clarify what's up there. Thank you. Uh, You're in the vestibule, and the right column reads, one, open bracket, relaxed, close bracket. So that's your stress meter. Okay. Quote, just take your coat off and come join us in the dining room. We're all about to start. Julia says as she already steps out of the vestibule. Coming here tonight was definitely a terrible idea. Don't mind my apocalypse head. An interactive nightmare by Bruno Gias. Release one, serial number 170330, slash, inform seven build 6M62, I6V6.33, lib 612NSD. Yay. Yeah. Hooray. Vestibule. The vestibule, that most Freudian of rooms, is the liminal space between the front door and the interior of the house proper. This one, like the rest of the house, is a wood-paneled and vaguely bowart in a way that can only be described as tweedy. You try not to catch yourself on the full-length mirror. You can also see a coat hook here. Oh, so I don't know if you're specifically pandering, but Ryan loves liminal spaces. Uh, uh, no, no. I definitely did not write that into the game six months ago just to pander. <laughs> There's never a bad time to write a game that panders to me. I don't know why you bring up six months ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's examine the coat hook, because okay. why would you point that out? Right. For hanging coats on. Uh, okay, why did he point that out, Ryan? Uh, Should we hang our coat up? Oh, okay. Do we have a coat? I don't know. Inventory? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Inventory. You are carrying a coat being worn. Okay, we should X me. Mm. It's coat hood. X me. You're not sure if your hair looks all right. You've been avoiding mirrors lately. 
Look in mirror. <laughs> Look in mirror. Let's pretend you wrote examine mirror because I did not implement that correctly. Okay. Examine mirror. A nice big mirror on a wooden frame, of course. You spot your reflection clearly on the full-length mirror and also the reflection of your additional unseen head. It has inky black bits for eyes, but it still seems to stare right at you. Breach the seals, open the gates, it says, in a cracked voice that's not quite your own. The head in the mirror belongs to a version of yourself from a previous iteration of the universe, one that seemingly ended really poorly given that it's clearly possessed by some kind of world-rending evil. You're really in no state to attend a dinner party, but you'd already RSVP'd. Uh, I don't know how I feel about our other head, Ryan. I think that, like, this is the worst extra head that I've ever <laughs> it's heard half. of. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty bad extra head. Because who else? Uh, had an extra head? Yeah. Yeah, there was ZB. Um, his was great. Yeah, his was real good, especially in the BBC miniseries. I was just about to say that in the um, the movie, it was not as great. They interpreted mm. it in a new and exciting way where the second head was bad. I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, there's there's Cerberus, but that's not an extra head. Well, like, there, I think once you have three heads, you just have three heads, and you don't have an extra head. I think all, all three heads are kind of integral to the functioning of the Cerberus. Yeah. Please don't to remove a head. If one head is removed, the Cerberus will completely fail, so please, <laughs> no touch. In order to maintain the correct functioning of the Cerberus... <laughs> all heads, but... Must remain in place at all time. <laughs> Touch the head. Oh, yeah. Touch head. That is either not here or you don't need to refer to it over the course of this story. That's another problem. That's another bug. Mm. Mm. Oh. It's bad. Mm. I think it's so cool that we get to alpha test this game for you on the air. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was really that, mean. That was cruel. That, that was... Uh, that was... bad. I'm gonna shut up for a second. I think I'm actually looking at a earlier version of the game that I inadvertently put in this box, because I'm pretty sure this is supposed to work. Hmm. What was that serial number? Yeah, no... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have, like, a, a pre-release file that was lying around that I had open. Sorry. Let me switch to the real one. All right, yeah, let's touch that head. Yeah. Touch head. Uh, the head is there and yet not there. You can't really reach it or see it except when it stands over the shoulder of your reflection and tells you things. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like this head, Ryan. Well, you're free to have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're free to have an opinion until, you know, the world ends because the evil you've <laughs> But No, yeah. my opinion is going to float in space without me. Mm. 
I may die, but my takes will live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still in the doghouse for saying the mean thing, so I won't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, your character is you're supposed to be mean to me, not the guest. Uh, A correction. Uh, You are carrying your coat, being worn, and your phone. Oh, we have a phone. Uh, oh, this is that's... a brave man who puts a phone in a game. Yeah, so many functions. Listen, aggressively selective implementation is a great tool. <laughs> okay, let's do what we always do at parties and examine our phone. <laughs> X phone, a mid-range Android. Hmm. It won't let you really interact with the phone because it's just there. Okay. Well, should we hang our coat up? Uh, I guess, yeah. Take off coat. Take off coat. You can't help but look into the mirror as you take your coat off. So if we hadn't looked in the mirror, we would have been forced to look in the mirror? Yes. Okay. Uh, looking into the mirror a second time will reveal you spot your reflection clearly on the full-length mirror and also the reflection of your additional and seen head. Worms issue from the mouth. Black icar falling and falling. Oh, God. Bruno, <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a citation for pronouncing it as icar? <laughs> Listen, the extra-dimensional horror doesn't need a citation. I'm just... I, I actually... Um, was listening to an audiobook of the Dunwich Horror. Today. I think it I think it's probably actually Iker. Well that's the thing. The reader of this audiobook decided he could have it both ways. <gasps> no. Oh no that's the worst. You gotta pick one. So you I'm just wondering one. what your you know Also this is such a unique problem. Like there are multiple instances of Iker or Iker. And he had opportunity to switch enough that it became noticeable and unfortunate. I think that because it's only like two hours of reading, it was used twice, and I think it was used once each way. Also, Dunwich is a terrible place. Uh, yeah. So full of icor and racism. Yeah, and racist icor. Racist. No, that's not good. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> um, yeah. You've taken your coat off. Uh, put it on hook. Put coat on hook. You take off your coat and hang it. Put phone on hook. <laughs> phone on hook. You prefer to keep your coat your phone close to where your heart used to be. Wow. Ah. That's a joke I stole from Grim Fandango. Mm. It lands better in that game because everyone in that game is a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Are we a skeleton? No. Are we an ant? (laughs) That was a random question, but no. Because one time I think we were an ant. I'm that pretty wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure you mean one time we were not an ant, but you thought we were an ant like the entire time. Did I still actually say? Did I end up saying on the podcast that I thought we were an ant? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that happened. Well, 
Yeah. Mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, that one time we were a skeleton. Yeah. I think yeah. we've been skeletons in two different... Uh, maybe we have. I know one time we didn't know we were a skeleton. Okay. In Endless Sands, were we a skeleton? No, we were a vampire. We were a vampire. Okay. All right. We've been a lot of things together, Jenny. <laughs> we really have. Thank you for being many things with me, Ryan. Thank you for the same thing, Jenny. All right. Anyway. And thank you for letting us be uh, Cerberus, Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. You're part I'm of this, sure too. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. We just need another apocalypse head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the next iteration of the universe, after you blow up this one. Yeah. That's a spirit. <laughs> Positive thinking. Okay. So we couldn't put our phone on the hook. No. So I guess we're not going to get any calls. Not, it's not that kind of phone. But oh, no. That is not what I had in mind. I was just thinking about how the hook is probably implemented as a supporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I was smart enough to make a rule that prevents you mm-hmm. from putting other things on it. That was a test and you passed. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Now I have so, an iota. Of welcome to Wyan Videos implementation nitpick hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this will take a couple hours. <laughs> if it took us this long to put a code on the hook, we're in bad shape. We are kind of the worst party guest right now. Mm. Um. So, having put our code on the hook, can we then uh, enter the party? Enter party. Enter party that is either not here or you don't need to refer to it over the course of the story. Mm. Okay. Were there exits? Uh, would you like me to look again? Sure. No, there's not exits listed. Oh my gosh. Oh. You can just go in any direction. I'll spoil that for you. Or you can just write leave or continue or move on. Weird. Oh, wow. Okay. We're untethered from space. I'm not sure I like this. It'll just interpret any attempt at going as going to the party. Okay. Wow, that's somebody's worst nightmare right there. Yeah, Yeah, no matter where you try to go, you always end up at a dinner party. (laughs) No. Um, Okay. Um, We're going to uh, north. North. Okay. You find your way to the dining room. Dining room. A large bay window lets in no light through the thick drapes. A brass chandelier that Julia hasn't been able to get rid of clashes a bit with the modernist minimalism of the furniture. On the dining chairs are Julia, Raoul, Francis, and Janet. On the table are a sterling silver upon, on which are some marbles, some silverware, some plates, on which are some seafood volavants, and some glasses. Julia looks at you thoughtfully from her chair at the head of the table. Please, she says, take a seat. You do so, and she adds, I see you didn't bring a date. That's a shame. Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. Oh, no. It's real hard to date with this head, Julia. Uh, I I, I am now regretting putting so many French words in this. (laughs) (laughs) 
I should point out that the um, the title bar now reads 7.46 p.m. In the middle, a moose-bouche on the right. Chew, brackets. A little awkward. Okay. Let's amuse our bouche. Examine Julia. Ex-Julia. Proudly gray-haired and staring at the world from behind wire-rimmed glasses. Julia teaches classics, or so you understand should be the case. Though as far as you know, she gives only seminars, not lectures, and spends most of her time on various obscure side projects. Please dig in. I think you'll enjoy this one, Julia says. Francis pokes at the dish in front of him with a fork. What is it? Why don't you tell a bi- take a bite and tell me? She says. That is not a cool thing to say, Julia. No. I don't know how I feel about Julia. Right? That's seafood, too. Oh, jeez. So it could be anything. They have everything in the ocean. It's all weird. I, ho- I hope she's got a nappy pan somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Martin Chicrelli joke. Yeah, no. Julia, Julia is a bad person. Okay. Well, down the hatch. Okay. Yeah, let's eat it. Okay. Eat seafood. Uh, you know what they yeah. say, you, you seafood. Eat seafood. I'm on an ex-food diet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is actually done uh, automatically when you eat it, so. You take a look at the seafood volavance before digging in. A volavance is a little bucket made out of puff pastry. This one is filled with some kind of pinkish material that you strongly suspect is some type of seafood. But you can't identify which. It's also topped with three thin, artistically arranged chives. Oh, wow. Okay. Decorative You take chives. a few bites out of the seafood jolivants. The filling consists of pale bits of vaguely crustacean flesh floating in a vaguely sea-tasting sauce. It's either lobster in a crab sauce or crab in a lobster sauce. It runs all over your plate the moment you crack the exterior of the puff pastry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Francis uses his fork to collapse the construction on his plate. Is it crab? Julia just smiles and takes a bite out of her own plate. It's people! (laughs) Crab people. people. Mermaids! Mercrabs! Um, let's examine uh, Raoul. Examine Raoul. Raoul is my name in French class. Nice, nice. I feel a kinship with this fake person. spindly European, but you're not sure from where. Raoul mostly takes credit for the work of his grad students and gives lectures on physics that consistently get accused of being, quote-unquote, boring on Rafe, my professor. (laughs) Francis turns to Raoul. So, how's the teaching going? Fine. How's the business going? Um, yeah, let's examine Raoul's interlocutor. Oh. Francis. Francis. Mirror, mirror on the wall. (laughs) Francis quit academia to join some kind of biotech startup. And he looks exactly like someone who quit academia to join a biotech startup should look like. (laughs) Smug in a fleece. 
Francis replies, really well, actually. We just applied for another patent last week. Yeah, I don't like any of these people. Let's just leave this party. Mm. I don't. It's full of aunt. Do something not... fun for a change. <laughs> um, who else? Who haven't we examined? Uh, that would be Janet. Okay. I examine Janet? her. Ask Janet. Damn it, Janet. Interplanet Janet. Ex Janet. Francis's long term partner and the only other person in his dinner party without more than one postgraduate degree. You don't really know what her deal is. I love this, Janet pipes in. Is it lobster? This is. This is literally. This is a, a fantastic creation of what a dinner party is like <laughs> isn't it like social anxiety fear factor yeah i'm surprised we're still only at a little awkward yeah oh it, it's it's one of those things where the scale just has to go very high You may think that the past five minutes of a dinner party have been the most awkward thing you've ever seen, but for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> Perhaps we can um, just... Let's eat more of the thing. It doesn't seem to be deadly. Yeah. Well, you will eat, eat to pass the time. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Do you have like a policy on me giving out little hints? Um, we don't really care, do we? We don't really care. Like, if we get super stuck, we'll usually ask for some. And if you see us getting super stuck, and you're like, "Hey, idiots!" But also, <laughs> like, I think you should feel free to point us to cool stuff that you're afraid we'll miss. Yeah, that too. So a major thing in this game is that like. If you fail to eat your food, it makes things more awkward because you're leaving food on the plate when, you know, the courses move. Oh, oh God, there's Jeez. courses. Oh, there's, there's a time. There's yeah, courses. Yeah. The, That's why it says a moose bush yeah, at the top. Oh, it's right. Like, this is like a five-course meal. It's a disaster. Of oh, my death. God. I don't, think, I don't think our bush has been properly amused. So eat seafood. Yeah. It's so gross when you say it, Jenny. Busily. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes run across the silverware you're using. A full set of silverware, including mirror-polished knives, forks, spoons, and so on, carefully placed next to everyone's plates. You catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected on the silverware. <gasps> you cannot save them. Nobody can be saved. You finish eating the seafood volavance. It's a bit large for an amuse-bouche, to be honest, but you did skip lunch today. Keep guessing, Julia continues. I think Raoul had some really good lectures last term, didn't you? She pats her husband on the shoulder for emphasis. Turns on this game have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Okay, so we're with two couples, and we're the only single. Yeah. Because we're not counting our apocalypse head as our date. 
I should have made it. I should have made that joke. <laughs> it was a missed one. Um, if only Juliet. Uh huh. Let's. I guess. Um, Jenny, you pick. So if this were me in real life, I would just keep eating in silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you you you're done with the volavants. They're they've been finished now. Oh, okay. No. So we're just uh, we just have to make small talk to pass the time until the next course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is uh is talk to implemented? Uh, I believe it is. Okay. Do we want to talk to one of these terrible people, Ryan? It's it's implemented ish. Okay. You know what? When I made that um, game about terrible people at a dinner party, mm-hmm. the way I got through it was by um, openly detesting all those people instead of being nervous around them. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can uh, uh, escape the anxiety coma that I'm in if we start being a jerk in this game. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's talk to this idiot. Let's talk to Raul, the idiot. Yeah. Talk to Raul. Comma, the idiot. Really, you couldn't get a word in edgewise, even if you had the mental fortitude to try. Yep. Scallops. It's gotta be scallops, Francis finally realizes. Got it in two, Julia replies. Raul seems almost relieved that it's over. Um. There's actually, like, um, a way of being a jerk to people in this game. Yeah, really. It doesn't involve talking, though. Um, kiss Raul. <laughs> kiss Raul. Mm-hmm. Raul might not like that, but he might. <laughs> Julia, what's that pattern about again? Francis seems positively delighted to explain. Francis! Um. How can you be a jerk to people without talking to them? By not talking to them? Maybe. I mean, I I I guess I would say it's a little bit more than a jerk. Oh, by like it, attacking them with your knife. <laughs> I don't think I implemented stab person with knife, but mm. <laughs> Bruno, tell us about your decision not to implement stab with knife. Laziness, probably. Mm. You're supposed to say that you were trying to create a certain mood. I was trying to create a sort of mood where, like, things are underimplemented because the author was lazy. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I see your vision. It was like a statement on, like, lazy authors. Yes. Yeah, and the human condition of being lazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to attack someone? Yeah, okay. Okay, who do you want to uh. attack? I want to start with Raul just because he's on my mind. I don't think he's the worst person here, but yeah, I think no, Julie is like the worst person. Raul is like number four, number three, I think. So yeah, attack Raul. 
It's poor manners to kill a host in his own house, and also you have way too much social anxiety to thrive in prison. <laughs> Francis launches into his explanation. It goes over your head, but you think you catch the word telomeres. Ooh. He's interrupted, of course, when Julia asks if everyone is ready for, for the soup. Everyone is about as excited as you can get for soup, which is to say not very much at all. Your phone chirps as a notification comes in. Oh, check that. It's a message Julia, from my head. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Julia steps away with the plates and returns with the next course, a soup. Um, well, this is weird. Be- I'm actually averse to checking my phone. Really? This is, I don't know what's come over me. Wow. I guess I was raised right. Uh huh. So that clean Midwestern living. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. What I would have done is check for Pokemon on my way in while I was hanging up my coat. Yeah. I should point out that I did, I did not, in fact, include an entire implementation of Pokemon Go in this game. Oh. Next build. So this is some kind of garbage game. <laughs> <laughs> I put Pokemon Go in all my games. And I also implement phones. <laughs> oh. I've actually thought on a couple different occasions um, mm-hmm. whether my games might take place in a universe where cell phones just don't exist. Yeah. I think about that sometimes too, because they raise so many problems. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't these characters just text each other on their cell phones? Yeah. Why don't you just call 911? Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, the police would have really helped you get out of the boat with all your treasure. Uh, well anyway uh, yeah let's check the phone I'm curious examine phone a mid range android the notification light is pulsing you clear away the notifications there's nothing important looks like someone liked one of your tweets finally Janet says delightedly is this yam Squash, Julia replies. This is scintillating. <laughs> Guessing foods and being wrong. Uh huh. The saga of right? Janet not knowing what foods are foods. Now I understand what I've been missing out by hating parties all my life. <laughs> um. Eat the soup. Yeah. Eat soup. You take a look at the squash soup before digging in. A bright orange broth. Seasonal. Safe. Surprisingly clear. Actually, almost like consoma. You catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected in the squash soup. Lock down the doors and listen as hell makes itself heard. You take a few bites out of the squash soup. The taste is so subtle that you could be forgiven for thinking it doesn't actually taste very much at all. Francis tries to get back on track explaining what his company does, but nobody seems too interested. Mm. 
Yeah. Ask him about company. Ask Francis about company. Really, you couldn't get a word in edgewise, even if you had the mental fortitude to try. Julia suddenly turns to you. So, how's the job search going? (laughs) I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Yeah, you try to talk for a moment about what you're working on now, but end up trailing off. Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. Oh, jeez. So we're single and jobless at this party, where nobody understands our lifestyle. It reminds me of um, when I played a ukulele set at this tea party for uh, people who had won some sort of presidential something scholarship, like the university president scholarship. Oh my god. And um, I, I played a bunch of like goofy songs on the ukulele. Then I sat down with a bunch of people who... I don't remember exactly what they were being recognized for, but it was something I had not been awarded. Mm. And I ended up at the table with this um, this woman who was clearly a professor or something, um, who was asking me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. <gasps> and like specifically saying, other than this stuff with the ukulele. Like, <laughs> let's set aside the thing that you just did and clearly enjoyed and talk about what you you want to do. Um, and I was like, well, and, and, and I'm a Please freshman. Explain to me your non-Ukulele related ambitions. Yes. Um, and, like, I am a freshman in college, so it's like, I just got done, like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's the worst thing to ask someone and I couldn't say anything. Then I found out that this woman was the university president's wife. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, this is the show where I share stupid autobiographical details. Right. And you, you feel simp- sympathy Ryan Peter's me. memorial hour is brought to you by Audible. <laughs> don't say no don't 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 we can't we don't have sponsors <laughs> except for that uh macaroni place oh yeah homestead is it just called home 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 homeroom 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 macaroni place in oakland uh california yeah. homeroom macaroni yeah they're really leaning into the like nostalgia for when you were a child thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. But then it's like it's not kitty macaroni at all. It's no. got all this like upscale arugula and stuff in it. Yeah, I have had their macaroni since we recorded that oh, episode. Yeah? yeah, and I can confirm that it is good macaroni. Okay, well maybe we are sponsored by them. Also, Thanks, homeroom. The- audiobook of the lurking horror that i listened to was from librivox not audible and i will Aha. say on the record that librivox is great and i have not used audible services and if they approach us about a sponsorship i will delete the e- speaking of which uh jenny <laughs> uh-huh. i got an email uh we'll get back to you in a second bruno i got an email today about how we could win a recording setup we could yeah. 
and I if didn't we... look at it very closely, and then I deleted the email. <laughs> okay. You delete emails? Well, I hit the. the I keep button. everything. I, I I have all my emails. Yeah. Stash away forever for all eternity. If you email me, it'll probably end up on like the Library of Congress eventually. <laughs> so, be careful email me. I guess D- don't will... send me any saved for all posterity. We sent the we discussed recording this episode on Twitter. Now no one will ever know. <laughs> no one will ever know that we discussed recording this episode. They'll think we just showed up here at the same time. This is true. Twitter is archived on the Library of Congress. Oh, okay. Well, then we're good. Good. So, future generations will know. <laughs> Phew. Um, so, then we were <laughs> playing this game. Uh-huh. Called the man with the double the Zaphod Beeblebrox man. Don't don't mind me. I got another head on my first head, and it's real spooky. Both our heads wanted to go back to go to home in Oakland, CA. (laughs) Um, eat the rest of the soup. Eat soup. You finish eating the squash soup. After a few more slurps, you come to the conclusion that it tastes brown. <laughs> faces you. You could come work with us at Agrisynth. You know, you did your dissertation on plant genetics, right? Minnow and archaeology. You <laughs> Same thing. Uh, sake. Hmm. Mm. Um... What if we uh <laughs> if I can't murder people I don't know what to do. <laughs> we should have bought an etiquette book. Like trying to not die of embarrassment or boredom mm-hmm. as the uh Dinner party inexorably progresses around you. Why am I here? Great question. Well, the RSVP'd. You gotta respect the RSVP. You That's gotta what respect. R and S stand for. Oh yeah. And RSVCT. VP stands for Veter Party. Hey, <laughs> respect the Veter Party. Gotta write that down. Yeah. Is a is a veter party where we show up at your party location and there's just a note on the door that says go home. <laughs> um already cancelled due to social awkwardness. <laughs> uh no, a veter party is like when uh, you and me and Emily uh, went to the Chinese place, decided not to eat the, at the Chinese place. Yeah. <laughs> went across Sorry the street. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, went across the street to the Hy-Vee, and then I'm like, what? what? Hy-Vee is a grocery store. Uh, and I'm like, what am I going to eat? What are we like? Let's get something to eat at the Hy-Vee. What am I going to yeah. eat? You know what? I have eggs at home. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm going to go home and make an egg sandwich with this food that I already have. 
and then Jenny bought some. There's a donor party joke in here somewhere, but I'm not gonna go for it. Mm. Oh yeah, no, I was that thinking would that be too. Inappropriate for this podcast. Yeah, because then we would be talking about cannibalism, and we would yeah. have an, a red E next to this episode because of White intimations e. of the subject of people eating the flesh of oh. other people. Right, like the Scarlet Letter. Yes. Wait, yes. what? I thought you know that. that... <laughs> adultery. No, the yes. A in the Scarlet Letter was for Scarlet eight letter. because Hester ate Roger Chillingsworth. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the past yeah. tense. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to eat somebody, you get a Scarlet G. <laughs> If you're eating someone, for like you get a scarlet P for progressive. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, right. So hit Z. I don't care what happens. Okay, Z. Wait. You stare at the ceiling. I seem to remember Julia did some minimal work back in the day. Roll notes. Oh, that's great. I'd love to hear from Julia about her minnowing work. <laughs> Ask Julia about minnowing work. Ask Julia about minnowing work. Really, you couldn't get an award in Edgewise, even if you had the mental fortitude to try. Julia. Really, it wasn't anything important. A side project at best. Hmm. Um. Mm. She doesn't want to talk about it because she ate a guy. Uh, put fork in thigh. <laughs> <laughs> put fork in thigh. I'm wondering what you were not here hoping or you to don't accomplish need to over the course of the story by adding this apocalypse head, like. Because if it's supposed to be a metaphor for the anxiety... No, 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 no. It's not a metaphor. It's a literal apocalypse head. But, like... Like, I had a dream uh, where I had an apocalypse head, and I wrote that into the game. It's not a metaphor. Okay. Okay. It's it's literal. It's completely literal. I'm so glad that I brought up this stupid subject, because that's the kind of thing that we have to get into. Is this a metaphor for something? Okay. See, now we're into it. Okay. I, I have I have never metaphor I was willing to use. Sorry. Well, no. that horrible sentence aside. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's more where this one came from, baby. I think that like what we what the value of having the author on the podcast is so is, you can get deep insights so, into the meaning of everything. Well, so you can have the author say, um, I d- talk about their intent basically. And say this is, came from a dream, or this is supposed to convey this, or because like, you know, if we wanted to talk about what we did, what feelings this made us make, the actual effect of the work, we wouldn't need you here. But uh, because you're here, wow, thanks. We need well, <laughs> the value of having you here is being able to say this was what I was trying to do. Uh, this is how successful yeah, it was. Serious, this is what, yeah. really is kind of a literalistic thing where it was like, 
I looked, I had this weird dream where I like looked in the mirror and I had a second head that was like speaking doom. And I'm like, okay, this is a great horror premise. And I just try to think of the worst possible situation to have this second <laughs> hallucinatory head and like dinner party. I think you nailed it. Yeah. So now, did and you have this thought that this would be a great... is not a metaphor for social anxiety so much as it is like a catalyst to make it more anxiety-inducing in the actual game. Because mm-hmm. the protagonist has to have like a trigger, right? They have to have like something that they can't encounter because it makes them unhappy and, and awkward and, and, you know, uh, anxious but which is supposed to be completely innocuous to everybody else. So um, we haven't really gotten around to looking at the stuff in the game that's like around. But as you will notice, uh, if you want to examine the stuff in the room, there's a lot of reflective stuff in this game. Oh. Surrounded by mirrors. And every time you look in in one, it uh, it gets more awkward. And the game is like constantly trying to get you to look in mirrors. Mm. Okay, maybe we should start looking at some stuff. Jenny, you know my thing about mirrors, right? Um, did you tell me your thing about mirrors? I, I think don't that mirrors think. and labor relations are both abominable. <laughs> for reasons I can't get into on this I mean, podcast. If you're going to have labor relations, you should look into a mirror while you're doing it just to be safe. Yikes. Yeah. Just like so you can get a good look at yourself and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why those hotel rooms are outfitted with all those mirrors. Is that why this room is outfitted? Well, no, you already explained why this room is outfitted. Let's um, look at the chandelier. Okay. Uh, examine chandelier. Really? Really? I didn't implement the chandelier? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wow, that's bad. That We're is happy bad. we could help you beta test this game. <laughs> now you have to go in the corner. <laughs> oh, I was just making a callback. I'm so sorry. Don't make a callback to something that someone else got punished for. That's rule three of callbacks. <laughs> that was my secret plan coming on this podcast so that I could like get your feedback live (laughs) now I can finally release this game (laughs) my Patreon supporters are all so mad at me Um, what else is in here to recap the stuff that's in the room yeah yeah uh, are your phone presumably a sterling silver pen on which are some marbles some silverware some plates on which is some squash soup and some glasses Okay, I do not understand the word of the thing that the marbles are on. So let's examine the marbles. A pun. A pun. E-R-G-N-E. A pun. Wow. That's hilarious. That's so cool that your world building extended to coming up with fake silver objects. No, no, and a pun is an actual thing. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's it's an actual like thing thing. Would you like to find out what an apern is? <laughs> okay. Okay. X apern. An apern 
you have recently learned, is a table centerpiece with suspended trays meant to hold food or flowers or what have you. This one, in a sort of postmodern Zendaco move, is actually loaded with a variety of glass marbles and interestingly shaped river rocks. Hmm. It is, regardless, an old traditional piece of polished silverware. On the sterling silver lapin are some marbles. You catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected on the sterling silver upon. We all fall down. We all fall through. <laughs> Janet. Really, we should do this more often. It's been so hard to get together with friends lately. I know why. Because you don't have any friends. You just have these horrible, horrible people. You don't have friends. You have more like a circle of like satellites. Hmm. <laughs> also I should point out that like if you stare there's like two failure modes one mm. is in which things so awkward that it becomes truly physically unbearable oh wow the is in which you stare too much at your own reflection and your apocalypse head brings about the end of the world that sounds great so those are about just fully bad um Is there a way to escape without one of those things happening? Oh, sure. You can just, like, if you can balance them and thread the needle, you can survive through this uh, terrible dinner party. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But there is no winning ending. There is a winning ending. Sure. One day... Isn't one of the three that you just described? This game has like seven endings. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Cool. Like seven or something like that. You can also bleach death. You'll find out how soon. What? You can also bleach death. How that can happen will become apparent soon. Okay. Remember when we played Violet? Uh huh. And it drove me slowly insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should take the wheel for a little bit. Okay. Cool. Well, let's just try to survive. That that was a joke on Jesus take the wheel. Oh. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad we were here uh, to beta test your jokes, Bruno. <laughs> Go in the cornfield, Ryan. <laughs> if you okay. think about it, we're all in the cornfield with him. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't examine the marbles yet, did we? I don't believe we have. Okay, let's examine the marbles. X marbles. Glass in various bright colors and stone in interesting shades of gray and brown. You catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected on the marbles. Blood from the eyes! Rats! Rats! You realize that blood is dripping from your left nostril. Great. Raul just coughs into his soup. Julia stares at your face for a moment. Oh dear, maybe you should go get that cleaned up? Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. Okay. Uh, so that was a good turn. Yeah. What if what if we try going in a direction? 
Um, what does the awkwardness thing say in the status bar? It's up to four. Mildly awkward. Okay. What, one of the, the things that I really wanted to do with this game, which I kind of love about parser games, mm-hmm. is like when you type one command and like 30 things happen. <laughs> Uh, so this game has like a lot of demons and things running in the background that sort of collide and join together. And like you can sort of chain actions. Something I really enjoy about Parser. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, like a table of Janet inanities? <laughs> there's, there's literally like a, a table of conversation that is constantly running through the, throughout the entire game. Uh, I else? believe there are in there some stuff that like depends on whether you're in the room or not gosh like the whole game is running sort of on a schedule nice so these people don't need us here we could just go home (laughs) (laughs) let's try to leave are we yeah leave you could excuse, excuse in all caps, yourself to go to the bathroom. Yeah, let's do that. And then politely ask. <laughs> There's some cotton in the downstairs bathroom, Julia adds. Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. Julia steps away with the plates and returns with the main course, some sort of sous vide cooked fish. Wait, sous vide? I don't think I want that. Like. I'll take a raw fish and I'll take a cooked fish. Like a flame-cooked fish? I don't think I want a sous vide fish. So. Yeah. Let's let's go to the bathroom. Excuse. You politely excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. Bathroom. Excuse me. This is the secondary downstairs bathroom, so there's just a sink and a toilet and a small high window to let in some moonlight. Now I have to put a red E on the episode. (laughs) Because we excused ourselves? Because Bruno said toilet. (gasps) (laughs) Well, f***. The floor and wall tiles are a jadeous shade of green, and they thankfully aren't reflective enough for you to see yourself in them. You can see a bathroom mirror closed here. So this mirror is like a, a little cabinet. Ooh. Yeah, let's and look at Janet's drug. drugs are in there. Cabinet technology. Your phone chirps as a notification comes in. You realize it's not on you. You must have put it down on the table somewhere. Blood drips from your nose. Okay, screw this blood. Let's look in their cabinet. Okay, look in cabinet. That is either not here or don't need to refer to it over across your story. I didn't have cabinet as a... Uh, Yeah, because you just said mirror, so open the mirror. Folks, look in mirror. You can't see inside since the bathroom mirror is closed. Blood drips from the nose. (laughs) Uh, open mirror open mirror you can't help but look in the mirror before opening it that nice look at the mirror cabinet you spot your reflection on on the bathroom mirror and also the reflection of your additional unseen head 
Say his name. Call him at your bang. Headlock. Headlock. <clears throat> You're saying headlock? I believe the word is earthlock. Oh, okay. Oh, I also heard headlock. Yeah, I thought this was a... Really? Hmm. Wrestling. <laughs> you open the bathroom mirror, revealing a bag of cotton balls. You're getting a bit anxious about that unread notification. Rain starts up outside, audibly battering the roof of the house. You can't say audibly. <laughs> Why not? Because we're not sponsored by Audible. Yeah. Vox Libracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what, what it's was called. Yearly. No. Go to LibriVox.org, I think. Go to Audible. Instead of listening to this podcast. Don't listen to Bruno. <laughs> Go to audible.com slash clash of the typings for a custom 404 error. (laughs) (laughs) You grab one of the cotton balls and shove some of it up your nostril to staunch the bleeding. Mm. We have successfully averted the ending where you pass out from blood loss. Okay. Good. We're doing great, Ryan. Um, yeah. No, we're at a dinner party. Uh, uh, can we open the window? Yeah, open window. Open window. That is either not here or you don't need to refer to it over the course of this story. No. I realize that the joke of us trying to escape or kill ourselves is getting old really fast, but it's mm-hmm. on my mind all I, the I time. I should have mentioned that joke more in the actual game. Uh, yeah. But also, I really love the you don't need to refer to it over the course of this story uh, phrasing because it says, you know, I wasn't lazy to not implement this. You're stupid for wanting to play with it. <laughs> it it's, it's, the, it's just the choicest way of saying, eh, parser error that exists. Mm-hmm. That's a sentence that Julia would make. <laughs> yes. Uh-uh. The only thing left to do here, here is uh, leave and go back to the party, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. I guess we can check our phone and maybe eat some of that gross fish before it's taken away from us. I guess. Okay, leave? Yeah. Goodbye, bath. You find your way to the dining room. Dining room, blah, 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 blah. I hope you won't have too much trouble getting home in the rain, Julia says, noting the drops banging against the window. You sit yourself down. Um, Yeah, check that phone. Check that phone. Check that phone. It's a -a lick-a-tongue. X-phone. You're not sure where your phone is. Maybe if you look around at the other stuff on the table. Oh, no. It's a trap. You're getting visibly agitated about not looking at your phone. Francis and I were really into sous vide last year, Janet points out. But now we're more into hearth cooking, ever since the thing with the clams. Oh, God, sous vide clams. Right? I'm doing a really good job of not revealing that I don't know what sous vide means. So it's basically you get like a like a nice warm water bath and you throw your meat in a in an airtight bag or a watertight bag and you throw it into your hottish warm water and you pretend that you cooked it. It's like it's like cooking by brute force because you like you set the water to be the temperature that you want your food in and then you just leave your food in there until homeostasis sets in. Yeah. I'm sorry, I 
I didn't really ask. Sorry. <laughs> sorry we ruined not knowing what sous vide was for you ryan <laughs> apology accepted do you think a scallops and a fish course is too much i i think everything about this dinner party is too much yeah like everything is handpicked to be as awkward and unpleasant as and kind of stupid as possible mm-hmm. starting with the you know weird seafood thing into pointless autumn vegetable soup into fish. I mean, you can make a good butternut squash soup, but it requires herbs. Right, and and, and like that soup is just it's just nothing, right? Yeah. So, do you want to go looking for the phone? Yeah. yeah. I bet the next course is going to be chicken. I think we're actually kind of close. The next course is um, is dessert. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So soon we get to die. Good. Or All leave. right. Let's find our phone. Okay. What do you want to look for your phone next to? The silverware, the plates, the glasses, the apron? Probably the apron. <laughs> the apron. Apron. <laughs> And a you recently learned is a table centerpiece, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Uh, you catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected on the sterling silver burn. You will all see. You will all see. Julia catches you staring off into space. Are you all right? You seem a little peaked. Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. You really, really want to look at that notification. What if Margot texted? Your Margo. awkwardness has gone. Point. Really buried oh. the lead on Margot. Margot is exactly the name of a person I would have a crush on. <laughs> it is very pinpoint selected as like Margot is a have a crusher on person type name. I think is that because of the Royal Tenenbaums, or was I don't Royal Tenenbaums know. like? This sort of implies like someone who's like cool and better than you for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're better than like a general you, better than us mere mortals. Yeah, right? Margot's like, a regular very... people, and there's like Margot. Yeah, Margot's a one-sided crush. Yeah. Yeah. And she does not text back. Oh, then never mind. Yeah, there's more to this turn, by the way. Oh. Only on weekends, of course. During the week, I'm on all soylent now, Francis points out. I mean, except in dinner parties. He adds a little laugh. Do you hate these people yet? Yeah. No, I hated them turns ago. I'm too cool to hate people for food reasons. So. Yeah, I I mean, I just hate it when people are all up in your face about their weird diet that make you have to leave the Chinese place and go to the hy <laughs> Do you want to share what your diet is? Because I don't think that was established. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing keto. Oh, so okay. I'm basically not eating sugar or grains or a lot of carbs or other things. I've been doing paleo, so I'm only eating things oh, cool. that like my ancient Neolithic ancestors would have had, like pizza uh-huh. Yeah, so you like drag some chicken wings back to your cave by their hair. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I just want to point out that we are up to seven. Extremely awkward. Mm. Oh, wow. That escalated quickly. Yeah, it, it, it kind of creeps up on you, doesn't it? Yeah. Unlike in real life, where you can feel every second of the awkwardness still- mounting. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, I guess that the next thing that we that we do is look next to the silverware. X silverware. A full set of silverware, including mirror polish, knives, walk, spoons, and so on, blah, blah, blah. Aha, there's your phone right next to the silverware. You snatch it up. Uh, Bruno, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, how does this work? Is the phone always next to the silverware? No, the phone gets placed randomly. So it gets placed actually randomly, but if you're lucky, you can pick it on the first time. Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't remember actually the exact details of implementation. There might be like a, a nice guy fail safe that stops you from like looking for your phone for too long. All right. All right. Uh, that's you can- a weird thing with i7 and pacing where you can do actual randomness or you can do fake randomness. And make mm-hmm. it be yeah. this many steps because you want the tension to mount this much. And yep. yeah, I, it's actually random. It actually like picks an object and says, you know, it's next to that. But I might be wrong. I wrote this like several months ago and I don't remember. Mm. Have you done that fake randomness thing, Ryan? I feel like that's a thing. Um, I'm sure that like, because I think that I apply different techniques based on the effect I want to create and I wouldn't be surprised if there was an example of that somewhere in a game I've written, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it's fairly common to use something like that. It's because it's because it's very easy, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of right there. You don't have to do anything special to to get access to it. It's almost easier than making it actually random. Yeah, uh, you catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected on the silverware. We are the maggots fest feasting on God's corpse. We are the darkness that consumes. Uh, I, I really loved writing these because they're so over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like perfect pastiche of stupid, you know, fake scary <laughs> nonsense. I mean, to be fair, if I had the choice to talk to anybody at this dinner party, it would be that head. Yeah. That's something you should say. The head makes some good points. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, we you, are maggots feasting on God's corpse. You're right. Right. Yeah. You might disagree with the head, but you should listen to what the head has to say. <laughs> uh, you really, really want to look at that notification. What if Margot texted? Your awkwardness has gone up to by one point. Oh, interesting. How's the soilant been treating you? Raul asks. Pretty well. I mean, once you get over the bloating in the first week or so, Francis replies. Francis, no one wants to hear about your bloating. <laughs> also, we are up to eight. Mortifying. Okay. Strongly suggest looking at your phone next. Let's do that. X phone. You clear away the notifications. There's nothing important. Looks like an email newsletter you forgot to unsubscribe from arrived. A few thoughtful nods cross around the table. 
They're nodding to bloating. Bloating. <laughs> yeah. It's like I wrote thoughtful nods, but really it's awkward silence. Uh. Um, right now you're kind of on course to crash, and I think the it is like a required action to stop you from failing that you start eating this fish before it gets taken away. Okay, let's eat this fish. Ugh. I guess if we have to. You take a look at the sous vide fish before digging in. This is neither salmon, nor tuna, nor whitefish, so you're at a loss for what it is, but it seems like it was cooked sous vide and then blowtorched to within an inch of its life. It's coated in some kind of brownish glaze. The side dish for this is some mix of purple, yellow, and red-orange vegetables that have been spiralized, then roasted. Okay, the vegetables sound okay. You take a few bites out of the sous vide fish. Julia was clearly hoping this fish would get a nice, crispy crust from the blowtorch, but it just wasn't going to happen. It falls apart with the fork pretty sadly. The vegetables on the side are actually just fancy colored carrots. Ah. So what's for dessert? Janet pipes up, shifting the remains of her fish around on the plate. Okay, let's keep eating this horrible fish. Okay, again, you finish eating the sous vide fish. After some forking, the glaze has melted completely with the gelatinous flesh of the fish. The whole thing tastes like miso, but with a sort of gel consistency. It's a surprise, but I'll bring it over in a moment, Julia replies. Julia steps away with the plates and returns with a tray holding a large, mirror-glazed cake. Of course, of course. I don't know if you've seen mirror glazing on cake. It looks really cool. Oh, I don't think I have. It's like uh, like a thin layer of gelatin. So the, the cake really looks like it's a piece of marble or um, or plastic even. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. It's very Pinteresty. Oh, yeah. I bet it tastes real bad. I mean, you can put whatever cake you want on the inside. Sure. So, Ryan? Yeah? I feel like I feel like we've played some games where we suffered before. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've lost limbs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think this might be the most suffering we've ever done. I have to guy- listen to you guys talking about food all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you spiralize a vegetable, what you do is you run it through <laughs> a special type of mandolin... That makes it come out in a sort of spiral shape, kind of like the shavings you get from a pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. Your gambit was ill-founded, Bruno, because that's actually interesting. Yeah. Well, well. It's, sh- it's another example of over-the-topness that you would spiralize the vegetables and oh, roast them. And, and, and like my favorite detail is that it's just carrots, right? Yep. It's just the weird, fancy-colored hipster carrots. Yep. And it's like the the whole thing is just designed to communicate style over substance and, you know, bourgeois excess throughout. There's there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, American Psycho in here, I think. Mm. It's, like, it's a lot like American Psycho, but for academia and, and Silicon Valley instead of finance. Well, that, that, that came out really pretentious, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's way too late, Bruno. 
No, hang on. Let me let me go find my fake uh, straightforwardness and non-metaphor usingness. Well, it's like and, and put that on as a mask back in again. To to effectively uh, d- depict this worldview, you had to crawl so far up inside it that uh, we can <laughs> hear you only dimly in kind of an echoey metal box voice. Sorry. Sorry, I am coming to you from a insulated metal chamber inside the asshole of enormous pretension. <laughs> so, um, kind of, kind of from a submarine-sized butt plug inside the <laughs> rectum of academic pretension. That was a weird. Is, is the asshole of enormous pretension the name of your spaceship? No, it's the name of the black hole that I'm stuck in. Oh. My my spaceship is called the USS Penetrating Inside. All right, huh. Ryan's going to get to do a lot of white noise. Well, I'm I'm going to have to make some <laughs> really interesting decisions about what what you keep and what you cut. Yeah. If I mm-hmm. well, I don't I don't cut it. I just have to like what is worth bleeping mm-hmm. because I I'm okay with labor relations. I <laughs> say that, but am I okay with penetration? Really? Well, I have but to decide. Even when it's like a double entendre? It, de- it depends. That's what's so fun about being uptight and censoring your podcast. <laughs> because yeah, I tell you what, if I, if I can talk about myself for once, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like editing the podcast is really boring. Until those moments where you have to make a decision about cutting something out or what to cut out. Oh, editing audio in general is just intolerably dull. Mm-hmm. Especially when like you're editing yourself and so you're right there. So you know you can push in another take of something whenever you want. Oh god, don't tell us that. I no, Don't worry about that. That's way too much work. Use Adobe Audition. It has a really nice functionality for recording over sections and making new versions of things. I can show it to you later if you like. Why does he sound like the devil when he says that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Vade Retro. We have a game to play. I have vaderectum, was that ever said? No, sorry. Did you just, just bust out Latin? Uh, yes. <laughs> we have, we're going to um, uh, finish the fish? I think we finished the fish. Yeah, the yeah, cake's we, we out now. Yeah, we have just finished the fish, oh, okay. and the cake is out now. Oh, consume cake. Eat cake. I'm not playing your weird variant verb game, Ryan. Okay. You take a look at the mirror-glazed glazed cake before digging in. It's covered in a marbled, light green shell that looks more like glossy plastic than food. You catch a distorted glimpse of your additional head reflected <gasps> on the mirror-glazed cake. There is no hope. Never was any hope. Maybe wait until Julia has cut into it. <laughs> Julia, comma, cut cake. <laughs> Francis leaks back on his chair, wearing the expression of a well-fed bullfrog. 
Julia, comma, cut cake. Julia has better things to do. No, she doesn't. Watch. Watch what happens next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's gorgeous, says Janet. It's pretty good, yeah, Francis adds. <laughs> uh, like, those people, are, they're just terrible, right? They're just, like, constantly sort of undermining each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, Janet is just this perfect, pure, innocent, naive cinnamon roll, just sitting there enjoying the food, being happy that she's surrounded by people, not understanding the undercurrent of seething resentment flying around this table. Mm-hmm. Julia carefully cuts and serves slices of the cake. It's a good thing she doesn't have anything better to do. (laughs) Consume cake. Eat cake. (laughs) You take a look at the green-white cake before digging in. On the inside, it's a pretty standard sponge cake, except both the cream filling and the cake itself are flecked with some kind of greenish substance. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Greenish substance is basil. This is a basil cake. What is what? happening? No. It's very sweet, but still reminiscent of marinara sauce. What? Thanks. It's easier than it looks, really, Julia says, as she looms over the cake. I'm angry now. I think this was a prank. I think that Bruno told us that this was the only game that would ruin our evening because he knew that it would drive us both crazy and we'd murder each other. Actual food story from like two nights ago. Yeah. So like I went to the doctor, a doctor prescribed me some medication. I went to the drugstore, I bought the medication and I'm like at the little counter at the drugstore and they've got all the impulse buy shit, right? They've got, you know, mild painkillers and candy. <laughs> I'm seeing this stuff like advertises like omega three candy, and I'm basically <laughs> extremely curious. And so I like I buy it. It comes in a tiny, tiny little packet, um, and it's like gummy candy, right? Like it's kind of like Haribo. Okay, is so, it Swedish fish? It's not Swedish fish, oh. but uh-huh. it is. Sh- it is a gummy candy that contains sugar and artificial lime and strawberry flavoring. So you're into your mouth. It's a little gummy tube. And you eat it. But there's like this weird like bunch of flavor at the start. That's because it contains fish oil. Mm. It's literal fish candy. Mm-hmm. So it's so not you even eat- Swedish. No, absolutely not. And, and you can taste the fishiness. You uh. can like, it's like you get this blast of like salmon. <laughs> lime sugar flavor. I had something so, very similar in like deliberately buying. It was supposed to be a gummy vitamin that was covered uh, in that 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 fat sugar. Yeah, and you definitely got the fish punch at first, and it's like, oh, strawberry. I'm like, don't don't strawberry me. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, fish. Jenny, did you ever do a thing where you reviewed candy? Me? Yeah. Why am I remembering you reviewing candy? I I never reviewed candy. I think someone else must have reviewed candy. This is weird. I am getting Jenny, my friend, confused with Laura Schoberg from <laughs> the early aughts. Wow. I'll Memories. take it. 
thing. The human brain is full of mysteries. Mm. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. What about the second human brain? <laughs> More like a ghost type situation in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so ghost mysteries. Like ectoplasm. Oh, mm. ectoplasm, the greatest ghost mystery of them all. Where did all this goop? <laughs> I think. I think. Oh, Ryan! I think I did. Uh, I was just watching something. One of those dumb, dis- uh, not Discovery, but History Channel things. Mm-hmm. I was watching the History Channel last night, and the show that it was watching, I was watching, was called. Ectoplasm, the greatest ghost mystery of them all. <laughs> Guy just like wading like knee deep in slime. Mm. Asking to the camera, where could all this have come from? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is black and white because it's like infrared cameras. So just shitty camcorder footage. Well, and there's of this house that's just slowly filling with gelatin. Who like define ectoplasm several times? Oh some, some dude with like terrible hair with like a bunch of books behind him mm. and generic shelves. That's the kind of show where every time you go to the gym, th- like that and Guy Fieri is the only thing on any of the televisions. Yeah, this is why I don't have a television. Yeah. I, I, I just wow. I just, Ryan. Dropping that you go to the gym. Dropping that you don't have a television. Oh God, I don't. I've been to the gym. Uh huh. I don't. I, I no longer. I've seen a gym, gym once. Yeah, because I'm a human being, and what we do is we get gym memberships, and we go for two months, and then we pay for it for like two years. Out of shame. Yeah, because we might go later. The, like gyms are not really a business; they're like a form of tax on shame. <laughs> Yeah. I gotta pay him the shame tax. Mm. Uh, so, do you want to like finish this cake or? Not really, but I feel like we should. I I'm not so Wait. sure that basil and cake is completely awful. I feel as I strawberry basil is definitely. Like thing. now that we've had that long, t- after I screamed about basil in the cake, <laughs> now I'm starting to see. You know, I could come around to that. It comes around to the side of the basil in the cake. <laughs> oh. I guess. You started just using the head voice, Ryan. I'm scared. <laughs> that was not the head me. voice. Is, uh, the head voice, I think, is a little bit more like raspy. It's like ah, that's the head voice. Uh, okay. That was like the devil voice, which is just breathy. Mm. Okay. There's like some layers to my performance here. We'll put that in the episode description. Yeah, we appreciate uh, I, your thespianism. I, I didn't implement the chandelier, but I did spend a couple hours with my vocal coach. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, finish the. Did we finish the cake? We did not finish the cake. Yeah. yeah. Let's okay, let's eat more of this basil cake that's Ryan's favorite mm. cake. Eat cake. You finish eating the green-white cake. Honestly, Julia was a little over-generous with the slicing there. Mm. 
you guys have to come over more often if it'll get Julia to make more cakes, Raul says. Polite laughter from the guests. Now I hate everything again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of designed to have that effect. Why would you do this, Bruno? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> like... I don't know. I'll I, I'll be mean for a second, and I'll, I'll go back to normal Ryan. But if uh, art has the power to take us anywhere, to let us experience anything, why would you bring us to the worst thing and then make it worse and then put an evil head on us? <laughs> Honestly, I think that's a question that answers itself. Uh, is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I could go anywhere. Obviously, that's where I went. Uh. Ryan, what was your impetus when you wrote your game about a dinner party about terrible people? Um, I really wanted to uh, do a Don Giovanni thing. So I guess, um, what was the impetus for Mozart is the question you're really asking. Yeah, what was the impetus for Mozart? Um, why you, you're you you're asking me why Mozart would do something? I think it was because Wait, he was he's a dead. Okay. <clears throat> eh, overrated. Was he the da 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 da, or was that Beethoven? Because I can't tell him apart. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> We are so close to the end of this dinner party. Oh my god! Thank God. Um, I think there might be coffee after dessert. I don't remember. If this were really a dinner party, I would have thought of six excuses to leave by now. Uh-huh. Like any one of those oh, notifications, I'm sorry, I, I, I could decide yeah, that was urgent. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been an emergency. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I gotta leave. I just finished stabbing all every other guest in this dinner party. <laughs> and, and I should go before the police gets here. <laughs> you know what, I mean, the point The point what? is, this is this is like uh, Ramses, right? It's the, the protagonist is just like too much of a milk mm. toast to actually willingly lie to other people to escape an awkward social situation, they would rather pass out. Hmm. Um, Well, in a game I wrote about a horrible dinner party, uh, we did get the catharsis of seeing them die in interesting ways. Yeah. So... I mean, if you fail the uh, through the world ends scenario, you know. Oh, shoot. Well, but I don't... We kind of decided already not to do that one, right? Uh, I mean, we might get it just accidentally by being bad at dinner party. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's see what happens. Okay. Um, well, the, the cake is gone. Um, hmm. Oh, we should um, we should flirt with Julia. Okay. Not wait, no, Julia or which one am I thinking? Janet. Of? Julia's terrible. Janet's not as bad. Are there two J's at this party? 
Yeah. Ugh. I'm going to have to dock you points. Going to claim that this is another tiny detail to make it unfortunate and awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is why we have the author on the show, so that they can explain <gasps> their choices that they made deliberately. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So claim everything that you noticed was a deliberate choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh, we no, we won't be able to hit on anyone. Um, you couldn't even get a word in edgewise. Yeah, even if I something fortitude. Yeah. I, I don't know that like kissing has any sort of implementation. I think it doesn't. I think that they wouldn't care for that. Yeah, I think okay. attacking different people has different like outcomes. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, let's attack that woman that I expressed romantic interest in a second ago. <laughs> sure. Pack Janet. Of all these people, she's the one you want to throttle? Janet pokes at her cake. Is that cake gluten free? No, Julia replies. And she abruptly drops her fork. You can't help but feel like the awkwardness of the moment splashes back on you. Your awkwardness has gone up by one point. Wow. You try to say something, but you're basically paralyzed by mortification at this point. Good. Coming is a terrible idea, and you realize that you're going to scurry home feeling like a damn fool. Mm-hmm. And you have been mortified. Oh. Would you like to restart, restart a saved game, quit, undo the last command, or read the paratext? Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's in the spirit of the podcast to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, it very much is. But And also, you couldn't fix this with an undo. Yeah? Yeah, we need more turns. Janet is always going to ask if cake is gluten-free. It's always going to raise her off. Mm-hmm. You just put yourself on track to get this ending back when you uh, spent way too much time like being nervous about notifications and bleeding in front of other people. Oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. Also, I'm pretty sure that Volovant was not gluten-free. So I don't know why it's suddenly an issue. Well, Janet is just kind of a weird person. <laughs> just not consistent. Um, what was the note we could read? It's called the paratext. Oh, paratext. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good word. I read that. Yes. Paratext. About this story. About the author. Amusing things to try. Oh, okay. We This, this is what we have to do. We have to see the amusing things to try and then mm-hmm. tell the listeners to try them. Yeah. Because that's what okay. I always hate is I they give me the list of amusing things after I've just finished the game and I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, I'm never playing that game again. Yeah. It's tradition. Also, this game is kind of designed to be replayed. It's got a bunch of different endings. Well, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> read the first one about the game. Okay. About the game? Uh, Sure. About this story. Don't Mind My Apocalypse Head, written late in March of 2017, is a social anxiety body horror short story. It's a mouthful. (laughs) 
based on a couple of remarkably unpleasant dreams. I think there was one where like all my teeth broke apart. Ooh. That didn't quite make it into the game, I think. Uh, special thanks to my Patreon supporters who make this kind of small scale work possible. Isaac Grosny, Devin Raposo, Emily Short, Lisa Daly, and Doug Orlean. You can become a supporter at http www.patreon.com slash brunogias. Audible.com slash Bruno's Patreon. That's Bruno Gias with an S, by the way, not a Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Z like, that's a Z you... and not a Power Rangers villain. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that's a Z for you Americans. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the like gratuitous opportunity for self-promotion, I guess. Yeah. I don't think we do that enough on this podcast, honestly. I think we always forget to let the person... Plug their... Yeah. There was one time I said, do you want to plug a thing? And you yelled at me. I'm sure that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to plug a thing? Yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's about the author and amusing things to try. Yeah, what's it about the author? Yeah. Who is this guy? Bruno uh, Diaz. Bruno Dias writes interactive fiction, games, and nonfiction from somewhere in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He can be found at NotBruno again on the Terrible Bird website or <laughs> at Bruno Dias on Mastodon.social. That's out of date, by the way. I actually moved my Mastodon account to Cibre.space. That's it? That's it. No artist statement? Oh, I guess that was... There's, no, there's no giant, you know... Listen, my work speaks for itself. In my work, I attempt to create juxtapositions. And mm. the more juxtapositions I make, the more work I artist state. And forming a feedback loop of juxtaposition to work, which is what I call things I do, to artist state meant um, to juxtaposition. I understood some of those words. Now I really want you to write like a one move game, like spend 10 minutes writing a one move game and then spend three months writing the artist statement. <sighs> I had to write artist statements for a couple of um, shows I did in college where they were way dumber than anything else that people were doing in the same space but i had to pretend that <laughs> yeah like, I, I was know basically feeling. filling up space on the calendar <laughs> but i had to uh be as pretentious as the art majors luckily at some point in my life i developed a talent for being pretentious I went to film school, so mm -hmm. like I at no point was I ever encouraged to give an artist statement. It's just it's like kind of gosh, I mm. guess. In film, it's not a thing that you do. Mm. Your your work is supposed to speak for itself, so which I think is a blessing, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then people can come along and go, "Oh, that was intentional, right?" Right, <laughs> like it, there's an entire industry around interpreting movies, so you know, let them do the work. Oh, the tears are reflecting on the, or the rain is reflecting on the window on his face. Well, there's also an industry of director commentaries on DVDs. That is mm. true. That is true. 
But usually director's commentary is more of like the celebrity gossip slash process nerdery variety, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, like, oh, yeah. you know, this day Ryan was, uh, you know, it was raining really badly and he had a cold and that's why he sounds kind of nasal in this scene. That sort of stuff. In the worst mm-hmm. cases, yes, but there's good director commentaries. Um, yeah. I guess Sadly, mostly no one will on ever like TV shows. Again. When I yeah, watch, weirdly. Yeah. Why are people who do TV smarter than people who do movies? That's backwards. <laughs> so, do you want to see the Amiga? Yes. Let's have a look at them. I don't remember any of these. If you have completed the story already, have you tried looking repeatedly into something reflective? Not doing anything about the nosebleed. Passing out from blood loss while at the dinner table. (laughs) That's amusing. Attacking attacking someone. Attacking Francis, specifically. Oh. (laughs) We should undo and attack Francis. Francis is the one that leads to an ending. Oh. Saying the name of the dark entity your evil head worships. Uh, headlock. <laughs> Yiflock. <laughs> Letting things get too awkward to live. Check. If you need help with making it more awkward, consider singing, praying, screaming, crying, or farting. Ooh. It's all basically the same thing. <laughs> well, I like that you implemented fart. I have never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Really? I don't think... I don't think there was like... There would be like dozens of games that have fart as a verb. Oh, but I would never... I'm much too high I think the, to there was, those. If I'm not very mistaken, I think the message response to fart is just... Broop. Nice. Nice. Uh, ignoring your phone. Yeah, you did. And looking repeatedly at someone, there's actually a why are you staring at me uh, thing implemented. In fact, like looking repeatedly at the same thing to like try to pass time without getting bored will cause your eyes to wander and you to look at other things. Hmm. Like the the entire, like in theory, the the way to get through the game without anything bad happening would be to just like wait, right? (laughs) Yeah. But if you wait, you get bored and you start to look at reflective stuff Uh and that's bad. Boy, the difficulty level of this game is harder than I anticipated. This is this is actually one big puzzle. It's actually like a, a, an optimization problem. You, you have to like balance anxiety against uh, looking at stuff. I think that the optimal strat is like you always spend two turns eating your food every course. Um, okay. You don't. You like alternate between waiting and looking at people. You like look at Janet and look at Lou, Julia. They look at Francis. They look at Ro. Like you, you alternate eye contact, so you never, so you never make it awkward. Yeah, because people aren't reflective normally. Right. Yeah. Uh, Unless when, they're those gelatinous got, mirror people. Right. When you got the nosebleed, you immediately excuse yourself. Okay. Get the con. Come back. So uh, I see now why you call this a story rather than a game, because nothing where. You're forced to manage anxiety and you call it a game. <laughs> so, 